Good job, little laptop. Good job. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. listeners and welcome to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa and you will soon hear my co-host Wendy. This week we bring you the second half of our Xana Cine movie holiday trade thing episode. So if you missed our previous episode, here's what's going on. Wendy and I staked out a day where all we did was we told each other what to watch and then we recorded our experiences between movies. So we watched and discussed seven movies last time, and now we're back for the remaining six. So please enjoy. Ah, all right. Shall we go yeah, on? Let's proceed. To the next one. Shall we proceed? All right. So what time slot are we going for now? What, what's the timing of the movie you want to go for? Uh, 142. Mm, good choice. Good choice. <laughs> yes, like it's... It's the year of the bottle of wine that I want you to drink. I've selected for you a, a piquant 142. It's got notes mm-hmm. of mystique and uh, boldness. It's very bold. Dry, though. Very dry. Because <laughs> I, I took your run times and I matched them up with mine. So, <laughs> see? And so, so 142, it codes to a movie called Young Adult. Oh, I don't even remember this. What is young adult? You'll like it. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it will both anchor you and you'll like it. It is, it is a comedy. It is written by Diablo Cody. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Do you know what I picked for this slot for you? Juno? Jennifer's Body. Jennifer's Body. Awesome. <laughs> Which is also written by Diablo Cody. Yes! What a coincidence! What the actual fuck? Oh my god, this is amazing. This this was meant to happen. It was meant to happen this way, Wendy. I am, I like on the one hand, we're amazing, but on the other hand, people should be worried. Like, really, there is hive mind going across the nation happening here. I feel like people on 35, I-35 right now are like, I feel a disturbance in the force. There what are... Is going? There are 1,178 miles between you and me. <laughs> and we both picked Yadavol Cody movies for this. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. Okay. All right. All right. Where can I find Young Adult? Young Adult is at Amazon. Amazon. It's at on <laughs> Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo. It's kind of all over the place. Okay. Um, I think it's like so a two ninety nine is- rental wherever you find it. Okay, and Jennifer's Body is on Amazon and iTunes as well. Rock on. So, all right. We're going to Diablo Cody this bitch up, and oh, we will yeah. meet back here. This is this is going to be great. <laughs> this awesome. is going to be great. Awesome. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you after. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
we're back with our Diablo Cody goodness, our double feature. Yeah. Yeah. A very efficient double feature for it happened at the same time. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Right? Uh huh. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack there. I think on both fronts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> I so forgot on my side, that Chris... Pr- yeah, Jennifer's body. Yeah, Jennifer's body. Yeah, Chris Pratt is in it for like three seconds. But it's like, oh, baby fat Chris Pratt. Look at him. He's so cute. And then he's gone. But uh, yeah, uh, interesting. I remember when it came out. And the weekend it came out, I was in Chicago. And I was hanging out at Ken Height's place with Ken and his wife, Sheila. Mm. And... um. And and Ken was super into going to see Jennifer's body because of uh, Megan Fox. And then I had something else to do, but he went off to see the movie. And, you know, that evening we both came back and, and the three of us were all sitting together. And, and, and Ken was going, there's a lot to unpack there, essentially. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, I didn't expect quite that. There's a there there is a lot uh, to take seriously about that movie, which is interesting because I remember when it came out and everybody was kind of like, eh. everybody but else, I mean, but yeah, it's a it's a sex positive movie, it's a female movie, mm-hmm. it's a teen slasher movie, and ultimately, it's a really smart movie. <laughs> it is ultimately a really smart movie. I think that there are parts of it that don't don't quite gel together, like there are too many parts and they're not quite all glued in in the right places but um like there there's just a little bit of a disjointed quality about it but mm. it, and i feel like that may might have been like studio push and pull between you know creators and you know making it marketable but um yeah it's and and there may be a little bit of like i don't believe any high school ever existed like this <laughs> for some reason it never feels it never feels like a real high school although amanda seafried i could i could buy as a teenager uh megan fox megan fox no not quite no, no. but yeah, it's it's very interesting yeah and uh especially you know i've been to devil's kettle like four or five times i've hiked up there and it's like mm, that area is nothing like that i mean the the waterfall yeah that's what it looks like but Mm, you can't there, there's not a uh road that leads up to it no it takes a shitload of hiking to get there <laughs> this place uh dear listeners devil's kettle the real devil's kettle is about uh half an hour's drive away from the canadian border it's about four and a half hours of a drive from here in minneapolis and uh, it is like duluth is the midway point damn yeah yeah it is way north and uh very very remote and it's uh it's a beautiful place to be and it's super weird because literally the this first waterfall comes down it hits kind of a pool and then it breaks off into two more waterfalls only one of the waterfalls just falls into a pit and never reappears it just goes except did you see like i saw this I a saw. couple weeks ago well the yeah. they think they figured it out but but i mean they for don't the longest have proof time, but they don't, they... well they 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 mathematically figured it out they think they figured it out, but what happens, it's been a mystery all these years where the water goes. Nobody knows where the water goes. There's a huge amount of water just falling into a pit and goes nowhere. 
and uh, people were guessing it goes into an aquifer or, or something, and you know people have been pouring shit down there for years trying to figure out where it goes. Like if we put a bunch of dye down there, uh, we we should see it come out somewhere in Lake Superior. I don't know. No, and and um, some scientists apparently um, did some flow calculations and some flow measurements uh, both above the falls and below the falls, and figured out that same volume of water is going in is coming out. It's so crazy. So it's apparently just rejoining the river somehow, like it just going through yeah, porous rock or something. They have a way figured it out. Where is the dye? Where are the ping pong balls? Where's the stuff ending up? Well, the thing is that this is like this gaping rock maw that just plunges into the earth and uh, ping pong balls will get ground up pretty quickly mm. like yeah, that. But- and, um, dye, if you dilute it enough, it doesn't show yeah. up anymore. And so what's probably happening is it's just filtering through the soil and just rejoining the river, which is Christ. super boring. That's not nearly as exciting. <laughs> not nearly as exciting. And no, there isn't a town called Devil's Kettle. And, uh, yeah, as far as I know, there aren't any devil sacrifices that happened around there. Uh, also as where they, where they perform that know. sacrifice, it's really hard to hike there. It's really hard to get to that spot. It's like, mm, I think that was a backdrop. Anyway. <laughs> so the story. Yeah, so the story is uh, these these two teenage girls who are uh, super tight friends. There's the awkward, shy, shyer one. And then there's the outgoing uh, uh, one who is, uh, you know, popular Slut. and slutty. And... Uh, they go to a bar to see a band, and the bar happens to burn down, but the the band winds up essentially kidnapping the slutty one based on the fact there was this kind of altercation between the band and the, the meeker of the two girls where she overheard them talking about her friend in not-too-flattering ways, and she called them out on it, and and... I can't remember what the exchange is, but it, she says, yeah, yeah, she's a virgin. You know, it's, it's something like that. And so... Because yeah, they're, they're talking about her like she's a slut. And she's like, she's not a slut. She's a virgin. How dare you judge? Oh, yeah. And, it, and, and then but she tells her it's already been It's already been, you know, established that, you know, this this girl is not. But she makes it clear because when Megan Fox comes to talk to her about it, Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, I told him you were a virgin. She's like, oh, my God, I haven't even been a backdoor virgin for years. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my. Oh, yeah. oh, my. Yeah. You know, the girls know know that about each other. But anyway, the, the band kidnaps Jennifer and they wind up, uh, you know, they're, they, they're Satanists. <laughs> and so they sacrifice her. But unfortunately, since she's not a virgin, uh, a demon inhabits her body and she goes out uh, eating people. Yes, and they sacrifice her so they can be rich and famous. Yes. Yeah. This band. And mm-hmm. they do immediately start to become rich and famous. Yes. Um, so it's kind of this thing in the background as all the shit is going on that you hear more and more about this band. Mm-hmm. Getting rich and famous is like, ah. Yeah, god damn uh. it. And meanwhile, you know, uh, Jennifer's eating all the guys at high school. You know, as yes. you do. She feels kind of bad about it at first. Kinda. Kinda. And then, of course, eventually she goes after her best friend's boyfriend. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, she can't help herself. 
what I remember liking about the movie is just how unashamedly sexual both girls were. Yeah. And I mean, I called her a slut, but that's... She, she, it's, has, a, it's, she has a voracious she, appetite, both before and after. Well, she kind of owns it. Yeah. She doesn't care if people think that of her. She's like, I don't care. I'm doing what I want. Mm -hmm. I look good and I know it. I like the way I look. And the interesting thing about the, the you know, quote, meeker girl is that, you know, she's, you know, just plainer than her friend. And she's, you know, a little bit more reserved, but she's also a sexual being. And, and you know, she's she's fine and likable and... It's, yeah, I really, yeah. I like that the good girl, you see her having sex with her boyfriend and it's not their first time. It's not, oh, I don't know. It's just, yeah, they've, they've been having sex. Mm -hmm. Of course they're having sex. And I love that. I love the idea of seeing the truth about being a teenager. And, and it's that, it, it's awkward teenage sex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it, they're, they're experienced. They've done it before, but it's not like they're good at it. Yeah. Yeah, they have. It's still like mm, they haven't quite figured out the you know ins ins and outs, so to speak. Oh, Melissa! Yeah, sorry, that was unintentional. Ah, uh, so yeah, it's a it's a very interesting movie. I I really I really enjoyed watching that. Also, Amanda Seyfried. I think the only other time I've seen her act was Les Mis, which is unfortunate, but she was great in Les Mis. I this is my favorite role of hers. Yeah, she's very very good. Because generally, I find her to be just a little too waifish, mm -hmm. like too big-eyed, too innocent. Like they they play up her looks and they give her those roles. And in this one, she's a lot more knowledgeable. She's a lot more present. She's allowed to be more than just a pretty face. Yeah, I mean, and you know, D Diablo Cody dialogue. Like, yeah, it's sharp and it's pointed and it's blunt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jennifer's body. I like and it. and some nice turns of phrase in this movie too. I I like the you you saw what the body looked like, right? Lasagna with teeth. Yeah, yeah, you heard. <laughs> Just, yeah, <laughs> lasagna with teeth. I'm keeping that one. I like that. One. That's it's certainly evocative. Oh goodness. Ooh. Um. So yeah. So so young adult. Ah. Uh, Interesting am, counterpoint to this one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I am fascinated by what I am seeing of the trajectory of what Diablo Cody is doing. Yeah. In terms of her feature films, I've yeah. never watched United States of Terra. So apparently she was involved with that? As far as I know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I am blissfully ignorant of many things, as we know. <laughs> um, so the basic plot listeners is uh, Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, which apparently Jason Reitman asked her to be in this, like at the 2009 Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> like, will you do this role? Um, Charlize Theron is a ghostwriter for like a Sweet Valley High type of teenage books. And she's living in Minneapolis and it is Minneapolis. There are establishing shots that I'm like, that's Minneapolis. Yeah, that's, I know exactly where that is. Holy that's cow. Marquette right down there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and she the opening shot establishes she she's a hard drinking woman mm -hmm. um she doesn't have a lot of success going on with her emotional life and then she her ex-boyfriend who is now married has 
they've just had a baby. She gets the announcement and this sends her, this is the catalyst for her going into a spiral of (laughs) holy shitness. And so she drives back home to her hometown because she and her ex-boyfriend were always meant to be together and she knows he's unhappy and they're clearly connected and um yeah yeah baby whatever like they're they're destined to be together and she's just desperately wanting to recapture when she felt successful as a teenager as a as a young adult in college yeah and and the the additional angle is she was like the the popular girl in school like the the head cheerleader sort of type and she was also the one who made it out of the small town and she's a novelist even though she's like bottom rack outside of this town and so she's coming back and trying to reclaim this sort of glory Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah it her character is super interesting not likable but super interesting (laughs) yeah she's you can tell she was really a bitch in high school and she still is oh very much so and Patton oswalt Mm -hmm. who got beaten to a bloody pulp by jocks who thought he was gay when he's not he never was um so he he runs into her right away at a bar and they become friends Mm, they're drinking buddies drinking Mm -hmm. buddies and he is like immediately like she tells him what she's there to do and he's like bad idea stop it and he keeps popping up bad idea stop it Mm -hmm. you're crazy do you know you're crazy she's being told this there's a scene where she's back in her hometown and she is not bothered to contact her parents she's staying at a hotel yeah and her mom comes creeping by in the car and she leans down she's like oh hi mom <laughs> so she her mom basically picks her up off the street to take her home to visit and she's sitting there with her parents and she's like i think i'm an alcoholic oh no you're not and they just move on yeah and then she starts saying really inappropriate things about her ex-boyfriend and they're looking at each other uncomfortably. And it's just, wow, does Diablo Cody really get what Minnesota is about? This is the yeah. one I'm going to say right there. Yeah. yeah. And and I like that she is writing really uncomfortable characters like that. It, it, female yeah. characters. Because Juno was quirky and fun, and Jennifer mm-hmm. Jennifer's body was a little subversive and naughty, and this is just a little ugly. It's a little ugly and totally unapologetic for yeah. us. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you don't enjoy watching it. Yeah. And not in a, ooh, uh, it's a train wreck, I can't look away, oh heavens. It's a, ah, uh, no, I get it. Mm-hmm. I do get it. I get exactly what's going on with this woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I understand the people around her. And then what's so, like, I'm still processing the ending. Um, Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? What an ending. (laughs) So she hits rock bottom at this um, basically christening party for her ex-boyfriend's baby and publicly, like, embarrasses herself and um ends up at Patton Oswald's house and they comfort each other and then they have sex and she wakes up in the morning and she goes upstairs and she is your classic cliche changed woman lost softer I'm a fuck up I don't know what to do and she runs into Patton Oswald's sister who we have 
already it's already been made clear completely worships this person Mm -hmm. like this was the cool girl in high school who was always super cool and who still is super cool and i need to believe that she is that cool I need to believe that you can get out and live this glamorous life. She says, you know, I think of you sometime when I'm having a dull day on my shift, I think of you and what you must be doing in it. It just, I bet it's so awesome. So on one side of the table, you have Charlize Theron, who's just like, no, I'm a fucking mess. And the other side is this woman going, no, you're perfect. You, you made it out. You're lucky. Your life is great. And then it doesn't do what you expect. Mm-hmm. Instead of Charlize Theron learning anything, she's like, huh, you're right. I am perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I needed to hear. She just Fuck snaps back like a rubber band. <laughs> she snaps back into full bitch mode. And yeah. the, the sister's like, can I come with you? Uh, no. So it just <laughs> shuts her down. So you're left kind of to wonder, what did she learn? Did she learn? But I think, I think she did. Like, I think I'm going to choose to believe that she did learn something important and she is going to go back with her feet a little bit more under her and start moving forward again. Mm -hmm. But that she has snapped back into being a person who says... And fuck you, I'm great. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd want her to be my friend. No, God, no. But that's honest and true, and that's completely valid. Mm -hmm. Like, she does get to say, no. You know what? I was the most popular girl in high school. Yeah, I, I am the only one who made it out. Yeah, I am kind of actually pretty great, pretty awesome. I do have a life that people envy. You know what? I can pull off these amazing clothes, and I do look better than anybody in my hometown. Yeah. Fuck this town. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm kind of, yeah, I'm bemused by this movie. And in a way, it is kind of a victory for her because it was a step backward to go back in the first place and try to rekindle this past glory where really she already has glory she already has it in a way she might not be happy with it but it may not be what people think it is yeah and i mean the the sister does tell her important things like nobody here is happy well everybody looks so happy that's because they're bored Mm -hmm. that's because you know they may look happy but what what is the subtext there is They are probably happy, but if you had that life, you would not be. Right. So don't envy their happiness for what they have, because you don't want what they have. Admit it. You don't want the baby and the house and the small town. You don't. No. So you had a moment of what if and maybes, and in the middle of a crisis, and now... You're like, fuck it. You need, you need to put your feet back under you and realize, no, I do actually, it, this is the life I want. It may not be exactly the life I want. I need to do some work on it, but I would rather go direction A than direction B. Right. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Good job, Melissa. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. I thought you I, would enjoy that one. It's, yeah. That's, it's a fascinating movie. 
It's very chewy. It is very like, yeah. And and I love- I love that she chugs Diet Coke out of two liters first thing in the morning. <laughs> like the, when she did that, I'm like, I'm in love with this woman. Mm-hmm. I don't even care how fucked up she is. I am in love with this woman. And Charlize Theron, no matter what she's doing, she's amazing. Her her performances are bar none fantastic, no matter she is what so movie she's in. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like she really is just stunning, but she is weirdly excessively beautiful like you put her in something like you know the huntsman where she gets to be fantastically beautiful and she's amazingly beautiful and almost unreal and yet you can put her in this movie and believe that you would walk into a bar and see somebody who looked like her Mm -hmm. it's like in like she's so classically beautiful but there's something about who she is that's what i'm trying to explain Mm -hmm. there's something about who she is that she is so human that it bleeds out through her perfection to make her perfection accessible yeah and she's always interesting to watch because always she's an amazing performer yeah and like you go back and look at her early filmography and it's just like who knew yeah really (laughs) wasn't she in mighty joe young wasn't that her yep yeah Yeah. she she paid her dues that's for sure (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was, oh, Diablo Cody. Okay, so what time is it? Um, It is about 10 o'clock. Are we thinking we're going to do one more or two more? I think we could do two more. We can go to to in the morning. We could do that. Okay. I mean, if you're you're up for it. I I stay up till three regularly. Oh, then we're fine. Yeah, and granted, tomorrow morning I do have derby at 10 a.m., but I am co-training and that's perfect because you know what that means? Mm. It means somebody else is in charge and I just stand there and do what they and assist them. Okay. I don't even have to attend derby practice and think. Like it's perfect. Awesome. So yeah, let's do this. But okay. mm-hmm. here's the thing. My original last film for you, I would like to keep as the last film. Okay. And uh what length is that? My my original last film is 152. Okay. That works out fine for me because that's the one that I was planning to have last film as well. But the other film was the two hour and 20 minute film. And I'm wondering if I should pick a different one off of your list. Well, the other one that I'm, I'd be matching it up with is 213. Well, then that's perfect. Okay, then. Let's do it. Let's do it, then. You're going to watch Seabiscuit. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. And you're going to love it because it's got, it's got the voiceover guy from the Civil War that Ken Sweet. Burns always uses. It's got Elizabeth Banks. It's got Jeff Bridges. It's got beautiful f- photography and cinematography and horses. And it's so heartwarming and yay for the horse. And it's, and a, it's Elizabeth an underdog. Banks. Elizabeth Banks night. And Elizabeth Banks. And it's an underdog sports flick. I, I'm good with it. Yeah. Wendy, yeah. Y- you're going to watch Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. <gasps> oh. Right? Oh. Okay. Seabiscuit is available on Amazon Prime only. 
You okay. Can purchase, you can purchase it off of iTunes, but they don't have it for rent. Yep. Right. I can, and I am watching Hush Hush. And Where Hush, do I find that? Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte is on Amazon. It's on iTunes. It's on Voodoo. Probably a couple, couple other places, but it's kind of all over the place. I think it's like a two ninety nine rental wherever you go. Awesome. <laughs> yes. So you get a little bit of Robert Aldrich in that uh, uh, Baby Jane era of Aldrich's Uh-oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah so okay. you get, you, you're going to have fun with Hush Hush, sweet Charlotte. You're going to love Seabiscuit. You can't not love Seabiscuit. Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right. Awesome. Okay. All right. Let, let's Yay. go watch these things. Okay. Yo. Oh, okay. break. Hush Sweet Charlotte, Charlotte, don't you cry. Hush, hush, sweet Charlotte, he'll love you till he dies. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that a chewy, chewy thing? Oh, my God, Olivia, <laughs> Olivia de Havilland, damn. Right? Damn. Oh, Joseph Cotton, I love you so hard. But, um. Oh, everybody's uh, in this movie. Oh, just, wow. And and more Agnes Moorhead. Mm-hmm. You're more having Agnes a very Moorhead. Agnes Moorhead day. Oh, and what a change. I mean, she's scratching her butt, her whole physicality, like, Oh, God, I love that woman. Mm-hmm. And the actor who plays, I need to look this up. Uh, the actor, I meant to do it while I was while I was peeing. Um, <laughs> the actor who plays the sleazy reporter, where have I seen him before? He, rem- yeah, no, it's not him. I was like, is that? Uncle Andrew? No, because Uncle Andrew was Paul Lind. But I was like, where do I? Where have I seen you before? What was the I character's was, name? Um, oh, he was a sleazy reporter. I don't remember what his name was. He's got eyebrows. I'll look him up. The and the like, editor? No, 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 no. no. The, oh, okay. The sleazy reporter. Okay. Pause. I can't find him. It's gonna. Oh. Oh well. It's not worth the time. But he had <laughs> eyebrows. He had eyebrows. <laughs> Like I rec and I recognize those eyebrows, but whatever. Okay, so <laughs> listeners, hush, hush, sweet Charlotte is is wow. It's um, it's a hell of a thing, isn't it? Wow, <laughs> wow. Um, it's black and white. Um, mm-hmm. just to put it in context, it is very. Um, you know, if you've seen gothic. Yeah, yeah, it's very gothic. It's like a more gothic version of whatever happened to Baby Jane. I mean, a yeah. completely different plot, but kind of the same concept and definitely the same director where it's you've got these two these two older actresses for the time uh given these really meaty roles to just roll around yeah. in. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Um, it's got a little gaslight. It's got a little Tennessee Williams going on. There's a lot um, of Tennessee Williams yeah. DNA in there. So, um, uh, basic the the thumbnail sketches that uh, Charlotte, who is the beloved daughter of a a Southern landowner, who is kind of a big old jerk. Um, Charlotte is fallen in love with John Mayhew, mm-hmm. who is married 
and they're going to run off together even though he's married. Um, Problem. Hello. And um, it took a bit. The beginning was a little confusing for me to figure out what was going on. Like, wait, he's married? What? Oh, without it, okay. And then figuring out the Miriam character mm-hmm. too. Like, wait, what? So um, I don't, they never mention Charlotte's mother, but he dotes on his only daughter. There is a cousin, a poor relative who is who lives with him and has been raised by them. And you see her a little bit in the in the first flashback scene, where they're young, they're in love, they're going to run away together, and the father uh, threatens. John Mayhew and says, what you're going to do is tell her you don't love her anymore and you're going to stay with your wife because you are not worthy of my daughter, you complete piece of scum. Mm-hmm. He does have a point. Yeah. Um, and John Mayhew breaks her heart. She runs off crying. And then John Mayhew's head gets chopped the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And they never find it. Yeah. Damn. Somewhere Bruce Dern's head is just rolling around somewhere. Yeah, this is played by Bruce Dern. And, they, <laughs> and you don't know for until the end of the movie who killed John Mayhew. Everybody thinks it was Charlotte because... Mm-hmm. She walks in with blood on her dress. Charlotte thinks it was her dad, as it turns out. You find that out later. Uh We don't know who did it. So now it's 35 years later. She's never left the house. Her father died very quickly thereafter. She's she's become a recluse. Everybody thinks she's mad and a murderess and blah, blah, blah. And she's going a little crazy with only Agnes Moorhead, her her hick (laughs) housekeeper to keep her company. (laughs) And... They have eminent domained her property, and she doesn't want to leave, but they're going to kick her out. And so she writes to her cousin, Miriam, Mm -hmm. to come and help her. So Olivia de Havilland shows up, and she's going to help her. And that's basically what's going on as she goes crazy, thinking that John is still calling to her. And so she's going crazy. That's the basic plot. Yeah. Oh, my God, Olivia de Havilland. Yes. What I really enjoyed is, first off, to watch Betty Davis play someone so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she plays brassy in all her most celebrated roles. She's very right. brassy. She's very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And to watch her play a little crazy, a little vulnerable, a little lost, I was like, look at you. That's really something to watch. But to watch Olivia de Havilland play a scheming motherfucking bitch. Yeah. Yes. That Juicy. Was, she must have loved that. And oh, she looked good. Mm-hmm. Damn, girl. Like, she was, what, close to 50, in her 50s when she made this? And she still uh, yeah. looked yeah. fine. And Joseph Cotton still looked fine. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Joseph Cotton. So, yeah, it's... It is absolutely delightful, and you are fully engaged with just, well, who did it? What's mm-hmm. going on? Well, there are undercurrents here. Oh, oh, shit. That's what's going Oh, shit. That's, oh, shit. That's what's going on. Damn. So, yeah, this was a lot of fun to watch, Melissa. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> i thought you'd really sink your teeth into that one it was oh oh, it's so good it's so good um meanwhile i had sea biscuit you had you just had a great glorious it's super sweet it's it's like two underdogs at the same time 
More than two. It's more than two. Everybody's an underdog. Shit, everybody's an underdog in this movie. It's amazing. (laughs) It's a movie about broken people finding each other, Melissa. Yeah. Yeah. And and then they get, and then, you know, they get injured partway through and then they work themselves back. Yay. So it's like double under, double underdogs with lots of underdogs. It's so many underdogs. (laughs) (laughs) So many underdogs. I mean, Jeff Bridges yeah. lost his son. Yeah. Red, lots of tragedy with Red. Seabiscuit, whole lot going on there. Um, <laughs> and uh, the trainer, I forget, played by Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper's How great. Great is he? He's wonderful. He's always um, he, wonderful. He's he was twenty five years younger than Jeff Bridges when they filmed that. I think, or twenty five years younger than the role he was supposed to play. At any rate, he was younger than Jeff Bridges. Which is amazing to me because Jeff Bridges must have Dick Clark disease or something because he's right. I mean, he's well, he's aging. Now. He, he is aging. It's just uh, I think it's pretty slow. <laughs> he he either has Dick Clark disease, a very fine painting somewhere, mm. or a really top notch um, plastic doctor. Surgeon. Yeah, mm. art like a true artist who like can kind of smooth out the edges without making him look all weird and like still letting him age a bit mm-hmm. like yeah because jeff bridges freakishly i mean aging th- th- then again this was what 15 years ago <laughs> this movie is like 2003 yeah. right <laughs> not 15 10 it's 10 20, it's 20, 2017 wendy what when was it made 2003 no. Yeah. No. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so my no. it, it, fourteen. It's fourteen years. There. Happy. That didn't make it. No. What the hell? <laughs> I'm unprepared for that. I'm really unprepared for that. Fourteen um, years ago. How great are Elizabeth Banks' clothes? Oh, fantastic! Hats. And and uh, <laughs> little, little William H Macy in there for a little seasoning. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, and you know it's got a training montage, and it's got um, yeah. There's just there's just everything to love about it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's, it's just, just it's beautifully filmed, and yeah, it's nice. I mean, I mean it's, it's by the it's, by the same guy who did Pleasantville, so it's kind of got that same nostalgia and sweetness a little bit of sweetness but sweetness and and that great visual sense yeah like i told you it's pretty it's It's very pretty so very pretty um and it does bring up things that we've forgotten about the depression yeah like really thinking about the fact that his parents just abandoned him with Mm -hmm. a stranger yeah and like at least in the movie, yeah. I I read the book, but I can't remember, and I feel like an awful person that for that. But like he apparently they never make contact. <laughs> like that's odd, really. But how would you maintain contact with an itinerant? Yeah, like to think about that. And they they were doing what they thought was best, but still, yeah. I. I can't even imagine. 
So yeah, I mean, it was a movie you needed to see. It's not oh, yeah. life it's not life altering. I don't think it's gonna end up on in the you know, the top ten best movies ever made, but it's just so good. Yeah, it's just a very it's, solid little movie and it's and it and it makes me feel happy inside. There you go. It does. Good. Oh listeners, Seabiscuit. There's a horse. His name is Seabiscuit. He runs races and wins. It's a true story, so you know, if you know a little bit of your depression era history, you know, you probably know who Seabiscuit was. I mean, um, it, it, it's a, it was a, a, a horse doing horse races, and but it was particularly an underdog story. And so people during the Depression got really involved in the narrative of it. And so it's the story of the horse. Yes. Um, I looked up some trivia, like mm-hmm. uh, Seabiscuit and uh, War Admiral were actually related. They were both out of hardtack, if I remember. Yeah, they were both yeah. out of hardtack. Um Although and, so many of those horses are related in some way. <laughs> yeah. Those lines cross a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and War Admiral, the, in the movie, they did, they fictionalized it that he is a very big horse, but mm-hmm. actually they were about the same size. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I just, that stood out to me. I was like, well, yeah. well, that's interesting. All right, Melissa, we got one more movie. We got one more movie. I got one more movie. I have the perfect closer for you. What's what? What? I, I feel like this time of night, you need it, especially after Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. I think you need something, uh, you know, uh, fun and okay. uh, uh, high energy, uh-huh. possibly a musical. What? You get Team America World Police. <laughs> <laughs> and you will come back and you will be singing. When I next hear you, I swear to you, you will be. Oh my God. Okay. Which service is it on? Is it on iTunes? Uh, it's stuff? on just about everything. It's on Amazon, okay. iTunes, and Voodoo. And it's, I, th- I think it's another like two ninety nine rental wherever. Okay. So yeah. um, in keeping with the idea of showing a film to somebody who fucking should have seen it, like I should mm. have seen a musical, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. You should have seen a very Lovecraftian horror film, 1408. Oh, good choice. All right. I what left it for last, this? so it'd be nice and dark and creepy for you. Sweet. <laughs> and so, you get some John Cusack and some Samuel L. Jackson. I'm I'm all for it. So you had a little Cusack today. I'm going to have a little Cusack today. All these yes. lines are crossing over very nicely. I like it. Very Yep, I like it. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm gonna go sing, and you're gonna go get creeped out. It's I totally am. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hug my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. I will see you on the other side. All right. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also like only a woman can touch me there. Yes. <laughs> and everybody has AIDS. 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 
Everybody has AIDS. Oh, God. I remember seeing uh, that in the theater and <laughs> that song. I was dead. I just, oh, I could not breathe. <laughs> I, yeah, it's pretty spot on. And there's a, there's a lot that's pretty, I was dying at the Arabic gibberish. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the super... Oh God! Bakadakistan. Oh God! What did what did they? I don't. I'm not Dirk, doing it Dirk, right. Durka. That's in Durkistan. Durka Durkistanis. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> oh God! And puppet kung fu, <laughs> which is just sort of <laughs> just bumping into each other. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. That was the one that continuously killed me and kept building every time it got funnier. Oh my god. I'm a little punchy, but Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And I've I've heard the story about what happened there. You know it, right? No, actually. I don't think I know it if um, if I did, I I forgot it long, long ago. <sighs> What I what I heard was that like Matt Damon was gonna be just like any of the other characters, mm -hmm. um, but when the puppet arrived, they looked at him and went, "Oh my god, he doesn't look, he doesn't look right," <laughs> <laughs> and they just decided. To, and I probably knowing them, they were stoned and fucking around. And oh, like, Matt I'm Damon, sure. Matt Damon. <laughs> And they're like, there we go. That's Matt Damon. <laughs> I, I I seem to remember. Okay, I saw. I think it was Matt Stone at San Diego Comic Con before this came out, and they did a little dog and pony show in the big room, and they were talking about planning for the movie and working with all the puppeteers and describing all the things that had to go on and they're like okay and then he has to fly across the room and and do all these things and this gets set on fire and then and all this and then all the puppeteers are going yep 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 and then he this character grabs the other by the shirt and they went because <gasps> <laughs> the puppet can't grab anything no yeah so like the the weird limitations it had <laughs> yeah we can do that we can do that yeah we can set that on fire yeah but that can no no we can't and, grab a shirt nope well then you can see that trey parker who directed it like just whether or not that was his intent from the beginning at some point just embraced the goofy way that marionettes move because the walking is just like yeah there is no effort made yeah <laughs> to, 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 yeah they just kind of uh, like bounce along <laughs> the, the moving chair that spotswood sits in that just keeps randomly moving and then it's upside down yep and just and then like the whole base is destroyed but he's still got a chair that moves randomly around yep and we're gonna need a montage. Yes, that was the next one. <laughs> we gotta fade out on a montage. So it seems like it's still going on. Montage. montage. <laughs> and uh, Kim Jong Cartman was what I was <laughs> thinking of him as. I'm like, why does he? Oh my God, it's Cartman. It's really. It's Cartman. Ki it's 
Kim Jong-il Cartman. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, that was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it was oh. so great. And like, Obama happened in between now and then. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was back uh, during Bush years. I Yeah. And they're, they're so spot on yeah. of Americans are dicks. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't want to be a pussy and you don't want to be an asshole and sometimes you need a dick. Just like, <laughs> what? And they go with the same things and it just blow them up and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, it really is America. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Ah, oh, that was something. I oh. thought I thought you needed that after Hush Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Red Damon! Red Damon! <laughs> Meanwhile... Red Damon! Meanwhile, you Meanwhile, I'm trapped with 1408. <laughs> yes, you are. And, and it is a movie that kind of makes you feel trapped with it. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, it I does don't think I've a... ever seen a horror movie double down so many times. Yes. <laughs> and and I wouldn't call it Lovecraftian. I think I think John Cusack says it best. It's Kafkaesque. Oh, yeah. It's very Kafka. I think um I don't know. I when I say Lovecraftian, you're you're right now that I mm-hmm. think about it. It's just madness. Yeah. That you know, just uh, that's tends to be the unique purview of Lovecraft, um, yeah, yeah, the yeah, the, the, the forbidden style. knowledge and and the madness, but it's but it's also a Stephen King short story, so it, it is. is also it's a little bit The Shining in one room of a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, the axe they use is the same axe from The Shining. Oh no, shit! That's amazing. <laughs> I saw that in the trivia. So, um, yeah. So, oh, I didn't give a recap of Team America. <laughs> um, there's a team of Americans who quote save the world and they don't. There, there's they, they save the motherfucking day, yay! <laughs> the motherfucking day, yeah! <laughs> With puppet sex. With puppet sex and all, all sorts of other puppety things and really great models. Yeah. Oh, the models like, are amazing. Yeah. There's. It's actually quite like. It's, it's breathtaking a, in places. It's a great balance between really highly skilled artisan work on this film and the usual fuck-offery of the, the South Park guys. Yeah. So, but uh, 1408... And 1408 is uh, John Cusack punching the supernatural in the face. So, trying to? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, yes. it brings me back... To um, I think I think I told this story before, but it um, I heard a podcast that Danny Trejo was on, uh, being interviewed, and the the interviewer asked, "Okay, you were with all these crazy actors on Con Air, which one scared you the most?" And without missing a beat, he said, "John Cusack." And everybody went, "What?" And he goes, "No, no, there's something weird behind his eyes. No, there he's scary." <laughs> So right? if anybody's going to punch the supernatural in the face, oh, fuck, John Cusack. John Cusack. Uh, now, um... Because when he freaks out in this movie, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he there. goes to crazy town. In, and oh. it's not just crazy town. It is, that's what Tra- Danny Trejo saw. <laughs> um. And when Danny Trejo is scared, Jesus, mm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what ending did you get? There are different ones. I, I feel like they mashed them all on. I don't know. They might have. Does it end with being at home with his wife and listening to a recording? Nope. How did yours end? I'm, I'm feeling really weirded out by this. Uh, um, he is in the... Jesus, there were so many endings. Uh, he is in the... Uh, back in the room. And he's smoking and everything's burnt out. Okay. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, apparently, in the standard DVD edition is uh, one hour, 40 minutes, and eight seconds long. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. That's, de- that's dedication. Jesus. Right? I was totally unaware that it has different endings. I'm going to have um, to do my homework now. Uh, yeah. So it's like a really fucked up clue. Um, I think it's, I don't know that it's intentionally like they released it with different, I think that the studio and well, what about this? Well, let's try this seems more likely. Um, and I think you're right. I think they just started mashing them all onto. The yeah. End yeah. Eventually. That's kind of what it felt like. It's like, uh, we tried this ending. Uh, let's try this one. Let's try this one. It has more endings than. <laughs> than the Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. At least Lord of the Rings was like 14 hours long, so it earned that many endings. But, um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm um, drinking it, now. <laughs> it does have, it has a 70% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, you know, it is. It's solid. It is like, solid. Um, Not groundbreaking, but mm-hmm. like, um, uh, what I really like is it's pretty much a two-person movie. Yeah. And it's really kind of one and a half because Samuel L. Jackson's not really in it. It's it's John Cusack locked in a room mm-hmm. with ghosts and memories and himself. And yeah, so it's really kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, I think I would have, quote, liked it better. I don't know if I could have enjoyed it, but <laughs> I think I would have, quote, liked it better if I, there's something funky with the way it's paced and that's probably where my uh, complaint of too many endings comes from because it's like when things get started in the room it just kind of keeps going and going and going and going like a steamroller and it just never lets up but you know you kind of need the occasional breathing spots in order to really keep the impact going and I think that's where Maybe it falls down a little bit, and then when it start when it suddenly changes tone, and then it changes tone again, and then again, and it's like, oh fuck you, movie. <laughs> but yeah. I did, I did enjoy finally having this part of my cinematic experience. Yes, you have now seen fourteen oh eight, so you have another in your catalog to speak to those types of movies. Indeed. Um, so, what was your favorite when you watched today? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, we started so long ago. <laughs> I think you know what I think. Pitch Perfect, because I think that's the one where I immediately want to go. I'm buying that shit, and Fess is going to watch it with me. <laughs> I really, um, I really enjoyed Pitch Perfect. How about you? Oh God, I would have. I would. I would probably say Grand Piano. Cool. Yeah. All right. Like, don't get me wrong. I I loved Hush Hush. 
and I loved All That Heaven Allows, and I love Stand By for Tape Backup, but mm-hmm. Grand Piano is going to be the one that I'm going to be like, have you seen? Yeah. That's a little movie that could, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, this, is, this is a thing that nobody has seen, and I can show it to you easily because it's right here on Netflix. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you can preach the gospel of Grand Piano. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to get off the phone with you, watch the final scene of Pitch Perfect, and go to bed. <laughs> it sounds good. All right. We should we should actually close the podcast first, though. Yes. Yes. Yes, we should. Yes. We should. Because um, it's been a while since we actually talked to our listeners because they've had uh, the last couple episodes have been uh, from the vaults. They have. Yeah. You've been doing a good job clearing out the vault, Melissa. I, I'm doing my best, man. I think I think the biggest challenge one as was the the most recent previous one because that was like five hours of raw footage I had to oh, clean up. Oh yeah, I could hear that. Like yeah. oh, I remember. Re- oh, I remember recording that. We were not. None brief. of us were sober. No. <laughs> but anyway, so dear dear listeners, uh, now that you have fresh content, hi hi, we love hi. you. Um, we missed you. And we missed each other. And um, let's see. um, Just real quick. uh, Get Out is amazing. Go see it in the theater while you can. Logan's amazing. Go see it in the theater while you can. Colossal just came out uh, this weekend as we're recording this. You should go see that because it's amazing. Uh, Wendy, anything else? Uh, No, you covered covered those bases. Holy shit. Sweet. Uh, Yeah. You've seen Get Out, right? I did see Get Out. Oh my I God, loved right? Get Out. I <gasps> finally saw Logan. Chris and I went to see it, and we were emotionally traumatized mm-hmm. by that in a great way. Don't get me wrong. All the good um, ways, but also... <sighs> I, I had to come home and watch like the West Wing to kind of put my brain back <laughs> in a happy place. Um, and uh, I haven't seen Colossal yet, and it, it's opening on the coast this weekend, so hopefully it'll open wide pretty quickly. But I'm super stoked for Furious 8 next uh-huh. weekend! <laughs> <laughs> if you can't handle me at my furiousest, you don't deserve me at my fastest. <laughs> oh my god, it's going to be so much fun, Wendy. Oh. <laughs> all right okay so right, dear listeners, listeners it's late goodbye. good night bye good night <laughs> oh. oh so tired thank you for joining us in the xanadu cinema pleasure dome our theme song was written by tim wick and jeffrey brown and recorded and mastered by chad dutton you can find us on itunes and on stitcher you can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Just begun. <laughs>